The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta. At Delta Airlines, we're committed to donating 1% of our net profits to charities around the world. For more information about Delta, visit Delta.com. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, June 28th. In today's news, the Supreme Court deals a huge blow to labor unions. The administration's immigration crackdown is now at a standstill. And President Trump has agreed to a summit with Vladimir Putin amid new revelations in Bob Mueller's Russia probe. But first, the big idea. Anthony Kennedy's retirement sets the stage for a vicious confirmation battle. Justice Anthony Kennedy announced Wednesday that he is retiring from the Supreme Court, a move that will give Trump a chance to replace the pivotal justice and solidify a more conservative majority on the court. Kennedy visited with the president at the White House for about half an hour yesterday. Then, last night, during a rally in North Dakota, Trump celebrated his chance to tip the balance of the court for a generation. We have to pick a great one. We have to pick one that's going to be there for 40 years, 45 years. We need intellect. We need so many things to go. You know, there's so many elements go into the making of a great justice of the Supreme Court. you got to hit every one of them. Kennedy's role at the center of a court equally balanced between more predictable conservatives and more consistent liberals made him the most essential member of the court for the last decade. Kennedy cast the deciding vote that found a constitutional right for same-sex couples to marry. He protected abortion rights at a few key moments. He was the pivotal vote in Citizens United that opened the floodgates to outside money. He blocked conservatives from ending affirmative action. And in other cases, he was the key vote upholding gun rights. His decisions shielded juveniles and the intellectually disabled from the death penalty, although he refused to find capital punishment itself unconstitutional. He found that those seized in the fight against terrorism had rights in U.S. courts. Senate Republicans said they plan to hold a confirmation vote in the fall on whoever Trump picks. Democrats have little recourse when it comes to blocking consideration of the nominee. Last year, to confirm Neil Gorsuch, Senate Republicans voted to eliminate the 60-vote requirement for Supreme Court nominees. This means the GOP doesn't need any Democratic votes to confirm Kennedy's successor unless some Republicans defect. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, the Democrat from New York, said Republicans ought to follow the standard set by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell back in 2016 when he refused to bring Merrick Garland's nomination up for a hearing or a vote. Garland was Barack Obama's pick to replace Antonin Scalia after he died of a heart attack. Our Republican colleagues in the Senate should follow the rule they set in 2016 not to consider a Supreme Court justice in an election year. But Senate Republicans are eager to have Kennedy's successor confirmed before November's midterms, when the party is at risk of losing its razor-thin 51-49 to majority. And McConnell says he sees a distinction between a vacancy during a presidential year and a midterm year. Here's the majority leader speaking on the Senate floor. It's imperative that the president's nominee be considered fairly and not subjected to personal attacks. Thus far, President Trump's judicial nominations have reflected a keen understanding of the vital role that judges play in our constitutional order. Schumer says that's hogwash. Millions of people are just months away from determining the senators who should vote to confirm or reject the president's nominee, and their voices deserve to be heard now, as Leader McConnell thought they should deserve to be heard then. Anything but that 
would be the absolute height of hypocrisy. Although Kennedy held the deciding vote on many issues, abortion is likely to be the key focus in what's expected to be a bruising nominating battle for his successor. Trump promised during the campaign that he would try to overturn Roe v. Wade, and social conservatives say they expect him to keep that promise. Yesterday, Trump said he will choose from a list of 25 state and federal judges that he released during the campaign. Many of them have made decisions that suggest they'd overturn Roe if they get the chance. This will be the biggest story of the summer. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, speaking of Kennedy, in what was likely his last major decision as a justice, he offered the fifth vote as the Supreme Court ruled five to four that public employee unions cannot require non-members to pay collective bargaining fees. In doing so, the court overturned a 40-year-old precedent, arguing that the rule could require workers to give financial support to public policy positions they oppose. The majority wrote that this is a violation of the First Amendment. The ruling was a devastating, if not unexpected, loss for public employee unions, who were the most vital component of organized labor and one of the most important players in Democratic Party politics. Major public employee unions pour millions into independent campaigns, largely to bolster Democratic candidates. This decision means their resources will be diminished, and it caps a years-long effort by conservative legal activists and well-financed groups like the Koch Network to forbid states from authorizing the fees. Major unions are now bracing for a financial hit as public employees drop their memberships. The country's biggest union, the National Education Association, represents 3 million teachers, and it fears that about 200,000 members will leave this year alone. Number two. The president's immigration crackdown appears to be at a standstill following the House's rejection of an immigration bill on Wednesday, as well as a federal judge's decision to bar family separations at the border. The House bill tried to reconcile the differences between conservatives aligned with Trump and moderate Republicans intent on addressing the fate of the Dreamers. It failed on a vote of 301 to 121, despite a last-minute tweet in all capital letters from Trump himself to express support. Republican aides say the House will not vote this week on a narrower measure aimed squarely at protecting families who have been separated due to disputes between Congress and the White House over how far such a bill should go. Meanwhile, that federal judge in California ruling that the government must give children back to their migrant parents could mean the vast majority of families that have been caught at the border recently will be released with an ankle monitoring device or some other alternative to detention. That's because the government's capacity to hold families together in custody is limited right now. DHS officials acknowledge that the practical implication of that judge's ruling ordering the migrant children to be returned is something akin to what they're now calling reunite and release. Number three, Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin have agreed to a summit in hopes of easing tensions between the two countries. The details were finalized during National Security Advisor John Bolton's trip to Moscow this week, where he sat with Putin. It's expected to take place outside Russia in mid-July during Trump's trip to Europe for a previously scheduled NATO summit. In other Russia-related news, a newly unsealed court document finds that Paul Manafort, when he was the chairman of Trump's campaign, obtained a $10 million loan from Russian oligarch and close Putin ally Oleg Deripaska. Manafort offered Deripaska private briefings during the 2016 election about what Trump was up to. Deripaska also financially backed Manafort's consulting work in Ukraine when he was working for a pro-Putin government between 2005 and 2006. Special counsel Bob Mueller has also indicted Konstantin Kilimnik, 
who sometimes served as an intermediary between Manafort and Deripaska. Mueller's team, in a court filing, says Kalimnik has ties to Russian spy agencies, though he denies them. The court document filed yesterday also confirms that Mueller has been investigating Manafort's role in that June 2016 Trump Tower meeting with a Russian lawyer who claimed to have dirt on Hillary Clinton. The president's son, Don Jr., and son-in-law, Jared Kushner, were at the meeting. Manafort has pleaded not guilty to all the charges against him. The first of his trials is set to begin in July. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, June 28th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Homan. I'll talk to you tomorrow.